Yes, sir. All right, I think we rocking, man. I'm here. I'm here. I'm alive. Super duty tough work. Back, back in the place. Yeah, after a week off. Yeah, I had to take a week off. You know, but we back like we never left. That's how it always is, man. Back like the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what up, man? And just hanging out, man, you know, trying Good to life. win. Trying to win at this motherfucking game called life, man. Yes. Wins by all means necessary. Yeah, man. Me too. You know, it's uh, hot. I'm very unhappy about how hot it is. Man, it's the humidity that's the problem. It's not necessary. The heat is bad. Yeah. But the humidity. Godly. Oh, my goodness. It's it's Satan-like. It's bad, man. I can't take it. Yeah, it's like you turn around and like the devil there like, what up? Yeah. (laughs) Chilling like, yeah. Good to see you. How you do it? Yeah. yeah, it's super nice to super see you again, man. But yeah, man. So uh, you know, this week, man. You know, we gonna we should dive in from the beginning, man. Oh, just go in. We should just go in and talk. What we gonna talk about this week? All right, so we gonna talk about the violence in Chicago. In Chicago, and this is kind of a taboo subject in hip hop, right? Yeah, yeah. Like no one wants to talk about this. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about the things that us as hip hop artists can do yeah, to yeah. curb violence not just in Chicago but everywhere everywhere they act you like know? there's no relation right you know what I'm saying like we have we we have nothing nothing we can do nothing we can solve do problems. which is ironic because you know we came up on the uh stop the violence movement right. self destruction yeah, pe yeah like it was really like um it was a prevalent theme in hip hop mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like when you think about the the birth of hip hop it came from trying to end gang culture right. in New York City. Yeah. Like African Bambada, former leader of the Black Spades gang, right. said, hey, you know what? We can use this hip hop thing to kind of uh, stop this violence. Mm-hmm. And, and it totally did that. Right. And it's odd that now with violence running rampant in a lot of these communities, no one thinks that hip hop should be invited to that discussion, right? And and which which is weird because, like you said, like there was those you know self destruction. Uh, what was the other song? The um the West Coast. Um, uh, so um, oh, we're all the same gang. Yeah, all in the same gang. Yeah, you know there were songs like that, and there were movements where the hip hop community came together. Like, okay, we got to do something about this because the youth are listening to us. Yes, we have the voice. We're basically the news for the youth anyway. So who else are they going to listen to? So let's take a stand and, you know, give them something positive to think about and talk about. Yeah, I agree. Where Where is that? Yeah, that sense of responsibility <laughs> is lacking. lacking sorely lacking. lacking right now from hip hop, man. But I agree. Historically, you cannot let hip hop off the hook. Right. You can't as a culture because it was born on peace, love. Have a good time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's born out of that context. And I think we got to go back to it because now I think we're in a critical p- place. I think violence in uh, Chicago is like it's it's been it's been, you know, statistically worse than the wars right. that we've been in in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Like more people are getting Chicago, killed in Chicago every year than in Iraq. Right. For the whole Iraq. You know what I'm saying? For yeah. the whole also U.S. soldiers in the whole Iraq war. Mm-hmm more lives than that have been claimed in not even a huge 
you know, space probably one tenth. Yeah, of the it's size not of Illinois. Like, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's just Chicago. <laughs> right, it's not Illinois. Just the south side of Chicago. Yeah, really. Like, and then, um, and I think I think we could we should we should. It's a great discussion to have. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, the discussion was sparked off by a few stories that we saw on the news this week about you know that violence bubbling into hip hop into other spaces as well. Mm-hmm. So we we'll start with those stories and then we'll kind of get into discussion. Word, word up. You are now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint. Raw and uncut, adult conversations. No shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Alright, where are we back in the place? So uh yeah, we're gonna talk about um hip hop's uh responsibility. Yep. You know, to to handle some of this gun violence in Chicago, at least um, confront it and talk about it, uh, bring it to the forefront of our culture. And uh, we're going to start out with Rhyme Sess. Um, Rhyme Sess. Rhyme Fest. <laughs> Rhyme Sess. <laughs> it's a bad rap name. Yeah. All right. Rhyme Fest tweets about his frustration after being robbed at gunpoint in Chicago. All right. So um, former Kanye West collaborator and co-writer, Rhyme Fe- um Shay, is that his yep. name? Shay. Rhyme Fest Smith has been tirelessly working as an activist for the desolate desolate Chicago community for nearly a decade straight. In 2010, he officially entered the political spectrum, running for the city's 20th Ward Alderman, and he currently has his hand in several various organizations that focus on mentoring youth as well as securing jobs for those actively looking. So one can imagine his pain when he revealed that he was the victim of a robbery, a robbery earlier this morning um, in the same South side neighborhood. He dedicates his efforts to uplift. Although he escaped with his life only was shorted $3 in cash and a 39 year old Jesus walks uh, oh, $3 in cash. The 39-year-old Jesus Walks co-writer told his followers how he was fucking hurt over the entire situation. And this is, quote, to the youth, um, to the young brother that put the gun to my head this morning and took my wallet, you don't know how you just damaged your community. He tweeted out to un- unidentified to the unidentified thief before adding, when you look in my wallet, you see my name is Shay Smith on the ID. DM me. Yes, contact me. Apologize and talk to me like a brother. You are going to shoot. You were going to shoot me in the face for a wallet. I had the power to give you a job. He continued. And then it goes on and shows all of the um, the tweets that he tweeted, which is a nice. Yeah, it's probably a good amount. Yeah, yeah it's a good list. Know, yeah. Good list of tweets. But um, <clears throat> it's heavy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I remember him running for alderman like two, three years ago, mm-hmm. he said. And uh. I mean, he's a Chicago guy, right? Through and through, yes. like he's one of those never left Chicago guys, right? Born and born and bred, yeah. You know, Chicago to the blood, yeah, to the bone marrow, yeah. Unlike many Chicago guys who like win and leave, mm-hmm. he won and be got more active in the community. And uh, you know, him getting robbed, I saw that story. I was like, wow, yeah, that's messed up. But I don't, I don't necessarily, I would necessarily, wouldn't necessarily assume that. The person who robbed him knew who he was. Right. They just knew he looked like someone they could take shit from. Mm-hmm. And that's usually how it works, right? People who do stuff like that, they they try to prey on who they think is the easiest 
or who has the most to give, I guess. Yeah. And uh, or just opportunity. Yeah, it just happened to be alderman, hip hop artist. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like a guy who was working and living in the community. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's real unfortunate, man. Yeah, it sucks, man. I I just don't. I don't I don't understand it. You know, I mean, I understand it when you're out there in the streets and you don't got you don't, you don't got a lot. You feel like you don't have a lot to live for. Yeah. You don't you don't have a job. You know, you feel like everything's stacked against you. People, you know, they turn to drugs and violence. Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunate. But there are things that we can do as a community to help at least curb that and change. Yeah. It. Yeah. And, and, and this is where where the violence problem in Chicago and hip hop. Mm-hmm. Come head to head, right? Where they they crash like a a speeding train, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is you can no longer this happening to him. To me, it's bad, but it's good because it it should hopefully start a larger discussion. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Mm-hmm. I hope that the people that he knows, um, that that have love for him within the industry, see it as such. Mm-hmm. You know. But, you know, we're going to do our part right? as the most infamous podcast on planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. You know what I'm saying? So we got, we got you know, a list mm-hmm. of many things. Some of y'all going to like them. Some people ain't because some people are going to be offended. Yeah. But uh, we're just going to keep it 100% funky here. And, you know, these are basically we're going to run through 10 things, uh, which is, you know, what hip hop can do about the violence in Chicago. Yes, sir. So, uh, you know, who, who you want to set off? You want me to set off? You can set it read? off. You okay. Set it off. I'm going to set it off with my number one, mm-hmm. which is uh, invest in the community. Yes. Right. Um, we see it all the time in hip hop. We see Chicago artists talk about the experience they had growing up in Chicago, Southside Chicago, and, you know, the culture, the 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 good and the bad, from Common Sense to Twista to Kanye West mm-hmm. to Lupe Fiasco. Hip-hop has given us some of, I'm sorry, Chicago has given us some of our dopest hip-hop artists. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and producers. Yeah, and commercially successful. Yes. Like, they're not just underground guys. These are guys who have made it on a national, international scale with gold, platinum albums. And, um, we hear about Chicago all the time to the point to where we're like, wow, this is such a unique place. And, but we also hear them always talk about, you know, how rough it was, you know what I'm saying? And to me, it's like, I no longer think that you should be allowed to talk about the bad side of Chicago. If you're not working actively to invest in changing that. Right what you see with a lot of rappers, not just Chicago guys, is that they're quick to like almost glorify, Mm -hmm. you know, how rough and tumble their hood is. But do you see these guys out here kicking up dust, trying to improve it? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's okay to use as a, as a vehicle for authenticity. You know, it makes you more authentic to claim this neighborhood legitimately, Mm -hmm. but what are you doing to, to change it? And I, and I think that's what we're talking about. We have to, we got to see people invest in Chicago. Right. And I think it's got to be the people who are out in the forefront talking about Chicago, who are synonymous with Chicago. Yeah. You know, like you can't think about Kanye West without Chicago. Right. Common. Common. Yeah. You you cannot think about them like they are synonymous with that. And, you know, I, I'm all for community getting involved. But I think that we got to have some people like them to start investing in those communities to start changing the the perception. And I think it has to be a, a noticeable investment. Like, I'm pretty sure Common 
and Kanye, a lot of the Chicago artists that are popular do invest in the community. I'm sure they do. It may not be to the extent maybe that's needed, I think, sometimes, but I think it needs to be done in the light. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it needs to be done to where the world knows that this is happening and people can see that you're doing this. Even people in the community yes. can see that you're doing this because it, it will change their perception of, you know, the the situations that they're in. Yeah. Because they see that somebody does care about us. Somebody is taking their time and money to invest in our schools, to invest in our rec centers, to invest in whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just invest in our community as a whole. Somebody is actually taking their time and money to do that. And not just sending a check here, you know, sending a check here, which is definitely cool, cool and definitely needed. But you need but to we're show beyond your face. that. Yeah, and right. we're beyond like this situation is so much beyond just mail in the check level right <laughs> right right you know it's way past that this is like state of emergency national guard level right. yeah almost. you need to be on the front lines you yeah. need to go out and show your face and speak yeah about this. and speak about it and, and and to me it's like some people say okay well what do you mean investing in community to me investing in community means that on the south side of chicago where all this stuff is happening I'm sure if you were to evaluate the uh, foreclosure rate, mm -hmm. if you were to evaluate just the real estate prospects in terms of closed down factories that used to have jobs um, and any institutions and small businesses that used to be there, mm -hmm. none of that stuff is going to be existing. Right. All of those institutions are gone because when 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 neighborhoods become violent, the people who could afford to live there and invest in the community are the first to leave. Oh yeah, because they can. Exactly. So you have this flight of the of the of the intellectual class, of the you know, the the affluent class mm -hmm. who loved growing up there. Maybe their parents grew up there, but as soon as it got too violent, they were like, you know what? I'm moving up out of here. Right. I'm going over there. I'd rather go live in the burbs because this is just I'm a target here. Mm -hmm. And so so when you when you uh bring the violence down, you create a situation where these people have incentive to come back now. Right. And so it's not just about Kanye uh, investing and doing more to anybody else, but it's more about the, uh, you know, the snowball effect mm -hmm. that will be created when he and others get out in front of it, mm -hmm. you know, not pandering, not just doing it for attention, but doing it because it's reached a critical point. Somebody has to do something. Well, doing it for the right kind of attention. Yes. Like the attention is needed, yes. but it needs to be the right kind of attention, yeah. not doing it to get attention on yourself, Yeah. but doing it to show that there is a problem here and I'm here trying to help fix this problem. Exactly. And I need your help to help me fix this problem. Exactly. And those communities like that, they talk about it all the time. They're like, uh, you know, they're like deserts in terms of the products and services. Mm -hmm. They're they're surrounded with nothing but corner stores. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and churches. Churches. That's <laughs> it. Dollar stores, churches, liquor stores. Right. You know what I mean? You got to have a liquor store all on the same block. And um, these are not products and services. This is not what you see in affluent communities. Right. This is not what you see even in middle class communities. Right. When you drive through those communities, you look at nothing but independent shops, stores, things where you can walk up your street, get what you need and walk back home. Mm -hmm. Places where you can grow up and get a job. Mm -hmm. These are products and services. And my thoughts are that these people who are financially able should be in the forefront of bringing products and services back to those areas. Yeah, opening up barbershops. Exactly. And, you know, things like that. Bigger than, just, I yeah. mean, think about a guy like Kanye West. And I think me and Groove had a discussion on one of the podcasts. A guy like Kanye West, who has his own clothing line, shoe line, uh, anything like that, 
imagine the the social impact of him in, buying a fucking 30,000 square foot factory and saying, I'm going to build my business on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. This is now the headquarters for manufacturing and the design of maybe just my shoes. Maybe right. that. Yeah. Maybe that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And then how many jobs would be created by him just doing that? Even just building it. Just building it. Yeah. Building it. And people look, well, look at, yo, he built that. That's a symbol that will be there forever. Right. You know, the Kanye West building, the West building or whatever it is, no different than when we go and see these stadiums and they have been named by somebody rich and famous and you can never take their name off that building. Mm -hmm. They have naming rights. It's significant in the community. It's got to be significant to these artists who think that, you know, it's not good enough to just dress fly and rep Mm -hmm. anymore. I think we're beyond that for Chicago. Like you rep. okay, cool. You dress good. Cool. Can you please do something substantive that that you win as well it's not you're not getting exploited Kanye West you're not going to lose money investing into Chicago right in a place where there are no jobs and services Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying hence the violence and the crime (laughs) (laughs) right people need stuff like that people need reasons to wake up and go and earn and and maybe you do something where you are investing in the, in the educations of your employees and, mm-hmm. and, and and that would create a snowball effect because every single industry like look at like the auto industry in michigan mm-hmm. think of how how heavily influenced the businesses of northern ohio are by the auto industry right so what do you think is going to happen if a guy like Kanye West moved uh, his clothing or his shoe manufacturing right there? You're going to have all these other businesses that are going to do the same right. because now you got product suit. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you got integration. Now you got vertical integration. These businesses were like, OK, well, we got this part here where the shoelaces are being manufactured across the street, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then the soles are being made over here mm-hmm. uh, two blocks away. We got this whole thing and we got the custom boxes here. This company, all they do is custom boxes for clothing for Kanye West of the world. Mm-hmm. Now you got vertical integration and you can actually make an impact over there. Yeah. So invest in the community, man. Yeah, that's real. Number one. Number one. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Bars. <laughs> but um, all right, so to to kind of build on that, keep keep the issues in the forefront. Okay, that's you number know? two. Number, number two. two. Number two. Keep Keep the issues in the forefront. Keep talking about it. This can't be a fly-by-night thing. This in, this stuff that's happening in Chicago, we, we know that people have been talking about this in their music, in their lives, on the news for years, for decades. Yeah. You know, so it's an issue that's been in the forefront. So your activism has to be in the forefront as well. Yeah. Regularly. Keep talking about it. Keep talking about what you're doing in the community to, to assist. Keep talking about what businesses you're going to bring to that community. Keep talking about yeah. the houses you're building in the community. Whatever you're doing in the community, keep it in the forefront. Keep talking about it, especially especially the artists that have, you know, the um have the name recognition. Anything they say, anything Kanye West say is going to be news. Yep. Anything he says at the, at this point, anything Chance the Rapper says is news. Yep. You know, like you have all of these artists that are huge and if they say something about something, people are going to talk about it. Yeah. So yeah. keep it in the forefront. Keep yeah. talking about and it. And I'm going to add on to that. When you when you keep it in the forefront, what you're doing is like like imagine 
And you know, as a as a father, mm-hmm. you have certain things that you've reinforced with your sons over the years oh, yeah. that you don't want them to do or that you want them to do. When you don't say those things, they may get the idea that they're no longer important. Right. But the more you say them, the more they realize the importance of them. And it's not about just saying it once. And I told you back in 1995 to keep <laughs> right. your room straight. That is 2017, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Pops, that was like, I was one. I, I don't remember you telling me that, Dad. Right. You know, it's like that. But because what you're doing when you reinforce it, like you're saying, is you're creating values mm-hmm. and culture yeah. in those people. And without culture, which is built upon values, you don't have the ability to sustain behaviors that protect your community. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about here. So, yeah, you can't it just can't be this week. It's about Chicago violence. Next week, we back in a club talking about thoughts and <laughs> getting our dick right. sucked and popping right. bottles of champagne. It can't it cannot be that if you want it to be something that has a lasting impact, because we're talking about culture here. If you really want change. Yeah. If you really want things to change, things don't change overnight. We all know that. Yeah. So you can't just talk about it for a week and expect there to be an impact and things to change. Yeah. It has to be something that's a continuous thing and a continuous effort made to make change happen. Yeah, I agree. So that was number two. Yeah. All right. We'll do number. I'll do number three. Mm-hmm. This is one that, uh, you know, this is going to be some radical shit. This is radical, <laughs> but it's not really radical. Uh, the number three way. Uh, number three thing that hip hop can do about the violence in Chicago is make reading cool again. Hmm. Yeah. Like, obviously, we're talking about joblessness, but we also got to talk about education. Yes. You know, these two factors, economics and education, are the number one and number two factors in, you know, criminality. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, obviously, you got the cultural component, but these two things play a huge part what we have now in hip-hop is like and even online is like the love for reading and knowledge is not present in hip-hop right now right nobody talks about it no one talks about it you got people who and we've talked about on this podcast have degrees Mm -hmm. master's degrees and they don't even talk about reading they don't talk about how reading opens up the door for you to have a more successful life period it's to the point to where, like, think about this. You know, they always talk about the, the, the prison to, I'm sorry, the school to prison pipeline, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a belief that, you know, they're basically preparing these kids at a very early age to go straight to, to jail, to jail right? yeah. like, but But the reason that that exists is because what they found out in Philadelphia was that by a young black child's reading level in I think sixth grade or seventh grade. Okay. They could they were they knew how many jails to create by the time he was eighteen by his reading level in the sixth grade. Wow. That's crazy. That's deep, right? So like if he was reading two levels behind, any kids that are reading two levels behind, they tallied those up across all these school systems and they knew that there was probably an 80 to 90 percent chance that by the time you were 18 you'd be in jail that's wild and this is how they knew how many jails to build where they're being built now i say this because some people will say well what the fuck does reading got to do with violence Mm. the the link between reading and criminality is clear right 
So you have to, you cannot have a discussion about violence without having a discussion about education and options that are afforded to those who are educated versus those, those who are not. Right. It, you, you have to. It's a very clear correlation to me. And, I, and it's clearly clear to those who built the prisons <laughs> right. in America. I mean, and it's clear to, it's honestly, it's clear to a lot of the intellectuals in this country, because if you if you watch any of the news programs when they talk about Chicago, the things that they talk about is the lack of education. And they talk about, you know, how the schools are dilapidated, how, you know, the teachers are, you know, scared to teach or they don't teach well or the teachers aren't that, you know, they talk about that kind of stuff when they do talk about the violence. So. Everybody else knows yeah. that is that is a, that it's a correlation that is related. You know, why don't we know? We don't want to talk about. That. Why don't we want to talk about it? Yeah. And, and just think, like, if you got you got rappers who have the power over to youth. I mean, shit. Would we have been sagging our pants if it wasn't for hip hop? No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Would we have been wearing high top fades if it wasn't for hip hop? No. You know what I'm saying? Would I have been calling women bitches and hoes if it wasn't for hip hop and N.W.A.? <laughs> right. Absolutely not. Right. So if we know that hip hop has the power to influence children's minds to do negative things, we have to agree that it has the power to do positive things. Right. So just imagine if we could just get rappers to make reading cool again. I mean, the the it would be it would be crazy. It would it would change crazy. Things. Yeah. The this the entire economy around reading. You know, to where it's like, yo, just have start referencing reading on your records. You ain't got to be a damn bookworm. Right. But let kids know that there's value in reading. Even on your freaking Twitter. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Post a picture Post of a book. a book every, you know, month or two. Right. Like, oh, word. You read Kanye West. <laughs> right. You right. know, see, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like hip hop is that powerful that if we make reading cool again, I think it's if Chicago artists specifically, mm -hmm. you're going to have kids coming up after them like, yo, I never really thought about that because when I'm in school, knowing the answers is looked down upon. Mm -hmm. I don't be, when you know the answers in a class full of kids who don't even want to be there, you're now the outcast. Right. And so they've been Because you think you're smart. Yeah. You think you're better than us? <laughs> right. Oh, this nerd over here. Oh, you trying to show off now? Right. Walking up and violent. Put your hand down. Right. You know, that's what you get when you're smart in those environments. You get alienated for it. And so what would happen if hip hop decided to make reading cool again? Yeah. How do you do that? You write books. You talk about books. Mm -hmm. You talk about books that are about self-improvement is how you do it. You show how books have had a profound reading on your life. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, that's what the the uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X did to me. Yeah. The one of the biggest things I got out of that as a young teenager was seeing how books changed his life. Yeah, because that's what that's what turned him into the man that he became is him reading. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Yeah, it's, him reading. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. But we don't we don't speak about this in hip hop. You know, I I look at it myself like how do, I mean, I talk about books on my timeline. Mm -hmm. Me and my fans talk about books, but I talk about books on records, you right. know? I talk about it and it's like like I've been like did you see when the Columbus Library quoted my my line on King No Crown about reading? No. Nah. Yeah, yeah, Columbus Public Library made a little uh a, a JPEG meme about one of my quotes on uh nah, King No dude, Crown. Nah. It's like the line that says uh I hit the library and barely go out at night because man without right knowledge shouldn't be allowed to write. Yeah. They made a graphic of that, you know That's what I mean? Dope. And posted it on their Twitter. That's right. They're like, yo, blueprint. 
this is the Columbus Public Library. Right. This is just me. Now imagine, but my fans already know. Right. You know what I'm saying? So what happens if their fans know? We we can't underestimate that. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah. I mean, I just talked to my kids a couple of days ago about like y'all need to read more. Yeah. You know, like we need to because usually during summertime, I try to, you know, have a regiment. You know, it doesn't always yeah. work out because summer is always summer. But I try to have a regiment for them as far as reading, as far as, you know, especially reading about their own history stuff yeah. that they're not taught in school. So I try to do that, you know, to get them to read, especially during summer. Now, when school starts, because they have school, you yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm a little more lax because I have homework. But reading, I, I was just talking to my kids like about that. Like you have to y'all need to read more Facts. in order to understand, especially understand your homework. Broaden your vocabulary. Yes. You know, like stay out of the stay school out of, to prison pipeline. Right. <laughs> Basically, you know what I'm saying? Like y'all need to freaking I need to read books. Yeah. You know, and read what you want. I'm not trying yeah. to force stuff just on read. you. Read from comic just books read. to fiction outfit. Whatever you yeah. like reading, start there. Read. Just read. Just read. Just read. I'll tell you one thing. When they see you read, mm-hmm. you ain't gotta tell them. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like my niece is like that. Like my niece is like, she's always been reading like Four levels above. Mm-hmm. She was in sixth grade reading a tenth grade level. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She, my youngest is like that. Yeah, she she read. I remember she came and stayed with me one week, and we bought her one of those was it Twilight books. Uh-huh. She read in two days, bro. Wow. She was like nine or ten. <laughs> them books are she, thick. They thick, right? You've seen them. <laughs> I think I got it for her on a Friday. Uh-huh. By Monday, it was read. I was like, get out of here. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, you are killing me. What? You know, but that's the thing. Her mom is a bookworm, so they would sit around and read together. Mm-hmm. I think you gotta, we gotta accept that the television runs counter to the in- to instinct to read, right? Yes. Like when that TV is on, you're not gonna be reading. Mm-hmm. And so when you say, "Look, you know what? This is the hour, the whole family shut down the TVs. Mm-hmm. This this hour, boom, we all read. You ain't gotta read the whole hour, but the TVs come back on." I need to see y'all with a book at some point in this hour. Right. You know what I'm saying? Read something. Tell me what you read. Yeah. And the discussions is a family change too, I would imagine. Yeah. You know? Especially if you're reading a book together. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? If you read books together, if you read a book together and everybody discusses it, then the kids can see your perspective on it. You know, you can see their perspective, see what they got out of it. They can see what you get out of it. And then they might go back and reread that chapter. Like, I didn't get what mom got out of this. Yeah. You know, maybe I should go back. And that broadens their horizons. Because when you read stuff, you can travel to different places. Come on. You know now. what I'm saying? You can you can see yourself out of the hood. Yep. You can see yourself out of Columbus. Say it you again see- for the people in the back. <laughs> Say you know? it again. <laughs> Reading takes you places, it man, does. that you can never go. Yeah, that you might not have thought was possible because uh, you grow up on the south side of Chicago or the south side of Columbus or down in Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? Like it takes you places, so it makes your it broadens your horizons straight up. And I bet, I bet, if you were to look at the reading levels of those who are incarcerated, mm-hmm. you would find the same correlations yeah. between those who have committed crime and who are incarcerated in their reading levels. We know that fools be on some bookworm shit when they're in jail. Right, right. Because they ain't got shit else to do. (laughs) (laughs) And when they get out, they're like, man, I wish I would have just been in them books before I did all this dumb shit. Right. But we need to see them reading like that when they out of jail. Mm -hmm. So they'll never go in jail. Right. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's, uh, that was powerful. That's number three. Yeah. Take a break. Yes, sir. Bam. What's up, everybody? Blueprint here to remind you that my latest project the Vigilante Genesis EP is available right now on Weightless Recordings. 
The EP is a collaboration between myself and my friend Aesop Rock, which features myself on the rhymes and Aesop Rock on production. If you are a fan of concept albums, comic books, or just good old hip hop, then this EP is for you. Vigilante Genesis is available on signed CD, blue vinyl, and deluxe digital exclusively at waitlist.net. So order your copy today. Thanks again for your support. All right, we're so we back in the place. Back in the place. Yeah. The really? best podcast. Are we the best? I think we are. Who's man. fucking with us? Nobody. Nobody's no. doing what we're doing. Yo, man. we are the, the fucking hip hop press, man. <laughs> we're doing what the journalists aren't doing. Hey, you know. Well, every time they write, they're just, you know, they're not really doing any critical analysis of this shit. Yeah. Not true. that what you get here. Right. The most infamous. It's the most infamous. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so um, All right. yeah, back to talking about Chicago violence and yeah. how hip hop can change things. Um, we're going to talk about another instance that a lot of you might have heard of. Um, Dwayne Wade's cousin shot and killed while pushing a baby stroller. This is kind of this is real fucked up. Um, tragedy struck Dwayne Wade's family in Chicago yesterday when his cousin was shot and killed while pushing a baby stroller, according to the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Nakia Aldridge was reportedly caught in gunfire when two men were shooting back and forth. She was shot in the arm and head and died after being taken to the hospital. The 32-year-old woman had just gone to register her child for school, a family spokesman said. The child was with her and was reportedly picked up by a relative and is unharmed. Aldridge, Aldridge leaves behind four children. Wade, who signed um, with his hometown Chicago Bulls this offseason, took to Twitter to grieve uh, his cousin's death and call for an end to the violence in the Windy City. His nephew, Darren Johnson, was shot in the leg in 2012 in a shooting that left one man dead and five injured. Johnson recovered from his injuries. Wow. That's crazy, man. You know, it's it's sad, man. It's like. Think about how many stories like that happen out there, and and if it's not someone famous relative, yeah, we don't even know. We Nobody won't, knows. No one knows. Man. It's just another another statistic. Yep. Oh, someone else got shot in Chicago. Yeah. Four hundred people shot. You know, another fifty people. It's crazy, man. It's crazy, man. So yeah, so, you know, that's why we got to do this episode, man. You know, because uh, no one else wants to talk about solutions, man. Yeah, they just want to talk about the problem and keep perpetuating the problem. Yeah, so uh, I think it's on you. We got number four. Yeah, number four. Number four. This is what hip-hop can do to stop the violence in Chicago. Yes. All right, petition local and national government. Talk to the government, the people that make the laws, the people that, you know, run the police department, the people that, you know, take care of the, that, that bring, that help bring jobs into the city. You know, talk to those people. And these are the rappers that are famous um, you know, anybody that really cares about Chicago, talk to you, especially the local, especially the local government, you know, get involved in your government like Ryan Fest tried to do. I agree. You I know? agree, man. I like that one. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm sometimes I'm like on some fuck, you know, politics. <laughs> right. But I do believe local politics matter. Yes, definitely. You know, I don't necessarily believe that people are going to do things for me on like a presidential level for me or my community right however locally i will still vote locally yeah, my mayor is going to do yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. can really do you know your neighborhood your your you know whatever it is in a city mm-hmm. you can really 
be a part of that discussion in a more meaningful way. And so, yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, you want to if you want to attack this thing, you attack it from all different angles. Yeah, you have to because it's a it's a huge problem. It's not a problem that can be attacked one way. Yeah, it has to be attacked in various, various ways. Yeah. And, and, And there's and you never know what's going to happen once you open those avenues of discussion. Right. When you open that dialogue with people who may be working at the city, you know, uh, they may have been thinking the same thing, but they may be looking for someone who can present it in a way that makes sense. Right. You know, or that people will listen to. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, like the hip hop artists can present issues, programs, uh, uh, plans that the average politician probably cannot present yeah. and get away with, yeah. you know, like hip hop makes everything fucking cool. <laughs> right it does right it does it's a blessing and a curse you know yeah. we make the dumb shit cool mm-hmm. we make the cool shit cool <laughs> we need to use the cool ability the cool powers of hip-hop to make cool shit cool man yeah we need that yeah we that need is that. so true <laughs> that's so true i mean and it and it kind of helped like if you look back um just in just an example this isn't about chicago in particular but when puffy and them did rock the vote like what was that back in yeah early early late 90s yeah yeah Yeah. like that and i couldn't vote yet but i wanted to yeah because everybody that i looked up to in music yeah was talking about voting yeah and that's the reason that i wanted to vote i didn't know who was running i didn't know nothing about politics oh yeah but i wanted to vote just because puffy was like yo voting is voting is cool yeah exactly he made it cool yeah he made it cool i agree and it wasn't even on some now it's like hip-hop people are saying vote for this person right vote for that yeah back then it was just vote yeah just use your vote yeah however yeah it's cool you're old enough to do it go vote yeah Uh, yeah i agree man i agree yeah and um you know i think i think like you're saying use what government agencies you can and then as uh Rhymefest shows also consider putting yourself in one of those positions Mm -hmm. don't just think that someone in city hall is going to look out for us over here because that's your problem understand that these people who run these city governments in chicago go to sleep in communities where there is no violence right they don't live in the south side they don't live on the south side yeah so their empathy they they they're not they're not connected to that like you are Mm -hmm. and so nothing nothing they can do is going to equal what you can do if you decide right they're not gonna stand in your way mm-hmm. you know what i mean no one stood in you know uh, uh ryan fest way you know he he tried to get involved and be an alderman that's more than most people will ever do right will just, ever do he just attempted just attempted yeah, he just threw look, his hat i live here i know the people in the community i want to represent them most people don't even know what an alderman is yeah yeah so it's like <laughs> he he took it there mm-hmm. and and we should not be afraid of that, man. Yeah. I think I think doors were open to him. And, you know, he's having discussions like he was talking about in that article about how he felt like the police kind of ignored him when he went to the police station. But because of his position of prominence in the political realm, mm-hmm. not as a hip hop artist. Right. The police uh, chief saw it on a Twitter, apologized to him. Sorry about that, Shay. Let's have a discussion tonight. I'll give you a call. Right. You know, we, we shouldn't be treating you like that. Exactly. That wouldn't have happened if he was anything other than a political player in a Chicago sphere. Yeah, that's so true. It shows that there's more power to be had as well. You can get more things involved. You can get the ear of certain people. Even if you're 
if you if you are a rapper, but if you get involved in your community, activist wise, yeah. and, poli- and and involved in politics, you'll yeah. get the ear of certain people yeah. that'll listen, that have the power to make things you know to make things happen. Yeah, at least easier. At, yeah, at yeah. least make it easier. Yeah, grease the wheels a little bit. Yeah. So that was number four. That was four. Four. Okay. Number yes, five is on me. Yep. This is a controversial one too. All right. You know, I got all the controversial <laughs> ones. Number five. You know, the way we can uh, avoid, I'm sorry, uh, we can, what, what hip hop can do about the violence in Chicago. Number five is stop avoiding the discussion about black on black crime. Yes. <laughs> I agree. This shit has gotten to the level where you can't even have a discussion about black on black crime. People call you racist. With black people. <laughs> People call you racist. <laughs> yes, or coon, you don't call it white on white crime. Red. Yeah, you racist. You a sellout if you have a discussion about black on black crime. I'm not saying we shouldn't be using that to shut down discussions about violence. We should be using that to open up discussions about violence. Mm-hmm. Like this is actually a discussion about black on black crime, right? Right, because we're talking about primarily black people who are the victims and perpetuators of this 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 problem. And it's a problem that, as the black community, we should want to solve. So we should want to be talking about it. <laughs> Let the white people talk about white on white crime. Exactly. You know, we need to talk about this. Yes. Because we need to stop it and we need We're to change it. We're suffering from it. Like, it, it gets to the point to where when you start trying to have a discussion about this, people will shut you down. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, why don't white people kill each other? Y'all never say It's like, why do we have to bring white people into discussions about black people right everything is not about comparing to other people Mm -hmm. we have things that are specific to our community and we should be talking about solutions that are specific to our community and we should have discussions about that without feeling like well such and such did it and got away with it why can't we do it and get away with it (laughs) it's like no man your community can't afford this behavior right you can't it's like saying that to your mom yeah like Ricky down the street can do it. <laughs> well, you can go live in Ricky's house. Right, then. right. That's exactly that's what we're doing right. as a community. Like we shut it the fuck down. Like people will, you know, or they'll say the other thing that they say is if you start talking about this, oh, he preaching respectability politics. <laughs> what the hell is that? Fuck is respectability politics. I fucking hate that term, bro. <laughs> I've never heard. Bruh, that term. that's the Twitter term for like anything. Basically, respectability politics. This is my definition. <laughs> This sounds so stupid. Respectability politics is anything that you would teach your child to do that adults refuse to do because they don't want to, you know, hold up a higher moral code. So why is that a bad thing? Right. So when people say so people say slut shaming is respectability politics. Talking about black on black crime is respectability politics. You know what I'm saying? Telling people to pull their pants up off their ass and not have their ass cheek showings, that's respectability politics. Really? Yeah, 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 I've yeah. Never, I, I, Bruh, it's out of hand. It's out of control. I've never. It's like, this is a thing that I don't get. It's like, how are we on one hand, you know, like you're saying, so concerned about, you got, you got all these social justice people who I hear are so concerned about injustice, 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 white people, how they're doing us, white people, how they're doing us over there. But mm. then on the same hand, so they're clearly concerned about what white people think. Mm-hmm. But then when you start talking about our conduct in light of those perceptions, mm-hmm. they don't want to talk about that. Right. They want to continue to lower the bar. 
like 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 i'm like what the fuck is this respectability politics shit like everything people are saying is shit that your parents would tell you and you know is right right and things you would tell your kid and you know it's fucking right you know so like we just gotta we gotta create an environment where we can have a discussion about this and not be accused of being like sellouts or not a, or, or or trying to like pander to you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the, the thing is, it's not that we have to have this discussion with white people. No, no. this is a discussion that we need to have amongst ourselves. I think Thank the pro- I think the problem is a lot of people when white people bring up black on black crime, yeah, they're doing it to evade conversation about what white America has done to black America. And in that in that sense. I don't like it being brought up either. But in the context of me talking to, yeah. you know, one of my dudes next door about what's going on in my community and we're talking about black and black crime, that's when it needs it to be should. discussed. Well, see, he, but here's the thing that I don't I don't that I don't get. And this is me like, you know, in the last year I've been working with, you know, like New Harvest and mm-hmm. up there heavily in the linen and linen is the hood. Mm-hmm. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah. this ain't the hood. Yeah. Like linen is the hood. You know, yeah. we crack jokes about, yeah, tales from the hood, but this ain't got nothing on linen. <laughs> linen is like, you know, <laughs> you got to keep your head on a swivel up there. Right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've been out there working on this documentary project, you know, interviewing some people with my guy. And uh, I asked people there, what is the main issue in your community what do you think the main issue is and nine out of ten the answer is either the violence or no jobs mm-hmm. it's usually violence mm-hmm. my question is why is it that when we poll these people in these communities that are the most affected by violence they tell us the, the main issue they struggle with and he helped with is the violence inside of their communities. But when we talk to those who don't live in those communities, we're led to believe that the number one issue is police brutality. Mm-hmm. The number one issue is, you know, LGBT rights, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever Black Lives Matter decides to, to, to stomp around about. That's the number one issue. Why is it different? I don't know. That confuses me. I, I think it's different because people are many of these people who run these organizations are not the same people who are working day to day in these communities. Mm -hmm. So while they may say or portray or or like to believe that they are speaking on behalf of a group of people, I don't believe that they are truly doing that because what I see when I talk to these people is something completely counter to that. Mm -hmm. These people are not worried about any of that shit. They're not worried about police brutality. Not as much, no. They don't worry at all. They're calling the cops on the thugs. Mm -hmm. They're like, yo, why don't the cops come fast enough down here? Mm -hmm. That's their only issue with the cops. Is that they don't come fast enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's their issue. You know, so why why is it that this is in the spotlight? And and here's the the counterpoint to the the thing about like, well, because people will say, you know, White people bring up black on black violence because, you know, they don't want to have the discussion about police brutality. Mm. I'm sure there may be some people who do that, but this is what I think. And this is this is me studying, you know, what I'm saying over the last few months trying to wrap my brain around this. What I believe is that the understanding of black on black crime is no different than the understanding of abortion rates or the understanding of. Uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, mm-hmm. heart disease, 
like if you're looking at the total uh, landscape of things that are detrimental to a group of people and you look at the numbers and avoid the sensationalism, then you can't say that police brutality is anywhere. It would even be top 10 mm-hmm. because I mean, think about this, like how many deaths in Chicago this year? A lot. <laughs> probably into the thousands already. Oh, yeah. Probably a couple. It was like it was like two or three thousand, I think. Yeah, into I, the I thousands. Say. Yeah, and, and it's not even October. It's just Chicago, right? September. How? And then you look at nationally. Look at like the number one killers of black people are abortions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they count too. Do they not count? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Little babies count. You right. know what I'm saying? And then there's like uh, you know black on black violence, and then like health. Like yeah. like degenerative diseases. So to me, if just as an impartial person who looks at it and says, you know, obviously my biases are like, yeah, stop trying to change the subject. You know, right. this guy getting shot wasn't right. The cop was wrong. That's right. all we talking about is right or wrong. Right. When someone distracts from that, yeah, it can be a distraction to that discussion. But I think maybe we need to be having discussions about this same thing. Like, why are we not talking about diabetes and high blood pressure mm-hmm. why are we still eating like we ain't got no goddamn sense right young black fathers dying at 40 50 years old we've seen them all over our facebook just this year mm-hmm. a bunch of young dudes in the columbus scene who've passed away from heart disease and and and, and, and strokes and things of that nature my brother mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like these are these are the top killers you know what i'm saying that's what the devil advocate will say well look if these things are the top the most dangerous things to your community why are we talking about police killing when only 250 police were killed i'm sorry people were killed by police last year mm-hmm. they would say well if only 250 black people were killed by police but you know 260 black babies are aborted every day by planned parenthood who's a bigger threat the cops or margaret sanger yeah <laughs> that's their argument right but, but that's but not it's, it's not sexy it's yeah, not it's sexy. not sexy at all. It's not sexy. No, no. That's what it is. It's not sexy, and it does not bring ratings. <laughs> no, 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 no. When you're talking about yes. you need to eat right. Yeah. You know what I'm nobody saying? Nobody want to hear that. No, nobody want to talk about that. Mm-mm. When you, because the thing because is. Because we're talking about self-accountability. Right. And I think that's one of, the, one of the biggest issues that I have with a lot of the televised activism is that we as a community, when we're on these, t- these, these TV shows, we're too busy trying to defend ourselves yeah. that we don't, we don't focus on what the real problems are within our community. Yeah. Now, police brutality, it is a problem, but it's not as much of a problem as a lot of the things that we, that we mentioned here. Yeah. And people don't focus on those things. They focus on yeah. the sexy things. They focus yeah. on the things that's yeah. going to get them the headline. That's going to get, it's, it's, it's still all politics. Yeah. It's it, all a game. And never underestimate people's desire to try to uh, uphold a morally superior standard. Mm-hmm. Like in the absence of true power, people cling to moral superiority. So a lot of times when you see people banging for these things that are not even issues, mm-hmm. a lot of times they're trying to gain moral superiority. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we got problems in our community, but morally that cop was wrong. Right, <laughs> right. Y'all wrong for co-signing it. So now morally you look like the superior, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. in a discussion. But it's like, yo, we need, to, we need to use some of that moral compass for ourselves. Yeah, because the thing is, in those situations, everybody's, every, every, there's, there's, there's wrong with the cops. And it's wrong with us killing each other. 
Yes. Neither one of them are right. Yeah. And both of them need to change. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> that's, on now. That's the conversation that needs to be had. Okay. Yeah. This needs to change. Yeah. So you deal with your you deal with your police officers. Yeah. Let me try to work on my community. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and this is this is the thing. Like this is this is what a conservative would say. Like a conservative would say this. And this is something that, you know, black conservatives get crucified for saying. Mm. You know, they would say, Well, the reason we talk about black on black crime as the number one issue is because if you solve black on black crime you solve all the other issues mm-hmm. and so and i just had a conversation with one of my homies about this here's how you solve black, you, you complain that police brutality is the number one issue but why are the police there in the first place mm-hmm. because of the violence all right the police are not just going around fucking people up randomly. I mean, they do. Yeah. Is there some morally? Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah, it happens. You know? Cops not absolved them shit. all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They can do that, too. Yeah. We've seen it. But the thing is, if you solve the problem with the violence, you no longer bring police into your community. Mm-hmm. Right? You solve the problem with the violence, then all the people in that community who had enough money to move out can now feel safe there again. We'll start moving back in. You get more money in the community, creates a higher tax base. Mm-hmm. Higher tax bases, better school funding. Your school problem, hand in hand, boom. Okay, now that you've got people who are in the community who probably make fifty dollars to $100,000 a year, now what? Well, now all these storefronts and businesses that weren't occupied are probably gonna start getting occupied. Right. All these properties that were abandoned now you got people with enough money to fix them up there. And the median income is not on some $12,000, $13,000 a year mm-hmm. because the community is safe. You see what I'm saying? So now when you got the people coming back in, you know, you got uh, the, the, the places getting remodeled. The crime is down. Mm-hmm. Now, jobs. All these things create jobs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no one ever explains it like that on television because they're too busy trying to make black people hate white people and white people hate black people. <laughs> right. Instead of tackling the problem. Yes. It's just a simple problem. If you break it down like that, it makes perfect sense. But we don't have no discussions because, as I said, we be avoiding the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> number five. We gotta stop avoiding the discussion. Yes, sir. Okay, so what you got? Number six? Yeah, number six. Number six. Number six. Alright, where about? Um, oh, yeah. Don't try to do it on your own. Word up. Because it's not a problem that Kanye can solve by itself. It's not a problem that this rapper or that rapper or this person or that person or this politician or that politician can solve on their own. We have to come. There has to be a united front to face this problem. And more people have to come together and face the problem as a unit as opposed to, yeah, this person, you know, came in and gave money to this rec center. Okay, this person gave money to that school. But if it's all these little one offs. Yeah. Then that's that's not going to do anything like you don't send unless it's unless it's a black ops mission or something. You don't send one one person in to to take out a whole army. Unless he's Rambo. Unless he's shit. Rambo or some shit. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? In the movie. Right. There has to be a united front of yeah. soldiers to go in and take over, you know, what needs to be taken over. Yep. You know, so this problem is no different. Exactly. I agree. I can't even add on to that. I mean, I agree. I think if we if all those guys, like the guys we've talked about, the Chicago guys, mm-hmm. they would they would influence other people to join in. Right. And as long as they promote it as a unified front, then 
They can't lose. Yeah, because then it wouldn't just, it doesn't have to just be musicians. Yep. It could be actors. It could be heads of companies. It could be, you know, it, the, the snowball would just keep going. I agree. I yeah. agree. Number seven. Bars. Yeah. We'll do this one, then we'll take a quick break. All right. Last one. Number seven. This one, I don't know if it's controversial, but it's, it's the realest shit ever. Seven. What can hip hop do to stop the violence in Chicago? Labels need to stop signing these acts who glorify that. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at how they did like Chief Keef mm-hmm. and how they did Bobby Schmurda. Mm-hmm. You know, these kids who who grow up, they're 15, 16, 17 in this gang culture and this life. And it's like they're only rapping what they know about. And then once these kids get into trouble, the labels just disappear. Yeah. You're on your own, kid. And I think that a lot of these problems can be avoided because when you start rewarding these kids with record deals, major label record deals, instead of taking the, the moral high ground of, you know what? He's dope, but morally, we can't have this on our hands if it goes bad. Right. You know, they're not taking the moral high ground. They're just operating strictly on a money level. Yeah. And that's creating a cycle where now, because he got signed, everybody wants to get signed from that area doing the same thing. And now other labels are going to pick up those kids who were in that same scene, talking that same thing, and, and thereby, you know, glorifying it. Yeah, and them glorifying it makes other kids want to continue to do it, Come and it continues now. the cycle. Come on, because then they, then it's like, okay, if I am a real killer, if I'm yeah. talking about this, then I gotta live this life. So you know, I gotta, I gotta keep yeah. slinging. I gotta, yeah. you know, stick this person up, that person up, because and and I got bars, so yeah. maybe I can get a deal. You know, Chief Keep got a deal. <laughs> Why can't I? Why can't I get a deal? Yeah, and the easy, illest part is it it de incentivizes. You know, the guys who were not doing it right. <laughs> from doing what they were doing. They're like, oh, I was just rapping about my life in positivity <laughs> and, you know, and going to school and getting educated, right. and, you know, and loving yourself and your community. And now I got to rap about killing other black people because <laughs> that's all they want to hear on the labels. Right. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll take a break. Yes, sir. All right. To all the artists out there who are working on new projects. I would like to let you all know that I'm officially doing guest features again. So if you're a producer who's been thinking of getting bigger names to rock over your beats, or you're an MC who's interested in collaborating on a song for your next album, reach out to me at info at printmatic.net to discuss the collaboration process and the prices. This is not a free service, so serious inquiries only. Again, that's info at printmatic.net. I look forward to hearing from you all. Peace. Back in the place. Yeah. Yeah. Talking. Is it, this is the realest. This is the realest show. I think. This Come the, on, man. It's the realest show we've done, man. No one's fucking with us at it's this, the, man. It's the realest show, man. It's the realest, but there's so much shit being said here. Yeah, many bars. Why are we the only people having this discussion? I don't know, man. People are scared. I don't know what they're scared of. But the the, the funny thing about this is everybody want to talk about all this injustice. Yes. How many people are actually talking about? This is how you change it. None. This is the problem. This is what I suggest is the change. And this is internal change that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, we're not talking about this is what white people need to do to understand what's going on in my community. This is what this person yeah. needs to do to understand. You know, like well, we're talking about personal responsibility, responsibility and personal change. That's just a four-letter word in our community. <laughs> yeah. It's a four-letter word, bro. Like you can't make a motherfucker like 
like you're saying, people will talk about oppression mm. and they want to talk about the patriarchy mm. and they want to talk about white supremacy exclusively. And they never, ever look at themselves as being the, the owners and controllers of their own fate mm -hmm. for better or for worse. And like you're saying, sometimes they, they talk about it in a manner that makes you think that they're trying to shame people into helping them or to acting right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Instead of saying, you know what? We actually have the power to to fix this. Mm -hmm. And, and to me, that's the most powerful thing. You want to be respected? Fix your own problems. Right. And do your best to do it. It's not to say that systematic shit does not exist. Exactly. You know, but do what you can do. It's like, and? <laughs> right. That's do, what I'm saying. Like, it, it, okay, it exists. Now what? Yeah. So what you going to do? It's just like sit the there? Illuminati. Yeah, it's you like going to sit there? You going to sit there? <laughs> just wait. Oh, yo, man, you know the Illuminati out there, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're trying to kill us, man. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they lizards. They don't want to see us win, man. They're so I'm going to just sit here and yeah. wait for them to kill me. Now what? <laughs> and? Like, even if it's true, what are you going to do, you jackass? Mm. How does this change your day-to-day -day routine? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to own that shit, man. Yeah. All right, number eight. What you got? All right. Um, rappers in general, change the content of your fucking raps. Ooh. Man, you got to say that one again for the people in the <laughs> Change bag. the content of the raps. If we, like, we just talked about the labels only hiring the people that are glorifying the violence. Yes. We shouldn't be writing the, writing the shit about glorifying the violence. Come on now. Because if we weren't writing it, then they wouldn't, they would have to sign another PE. You better they preach. Would have, they would have to say. <laughs> Cause it's so real. Preach that good word the over only, there. <laughs> Cause the only reason, the only reason that this shit is popular is because we keep perpetuating the same thing over and over and over again. I was listening to some shit my kids was listening to, and I'm like, "You ain't never even seen a gun. Why are you quoting these lyrics about about this person popping caps and popping <laughs> bottles and this and that? Like, why are you even? You don't even know nothing about that life. You grew up in no. Westerville, Come Chief. Come on, they don't know nothing. Like, I grew, I saw that stuff. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? That's I why played, we moved you out here. Yeah, yeah, that's why we moved. Because me and your mom, we know what this is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You ain't never seen none of that. But you want to listen to this. But at the same time, if the rappers didn't do it, if the rappers, if if the rappers didn't do it and the labels didn't glorify it and yep. make it all shiny and pristine looking, then the mindset of our children would change. Come on, because hip hop is fucking. It's the it's it's the conversation that the artists have with the youth. That's how kids talk nowadays. That's where yep. they get all their style from, all their slang from, their dances, all of that shit. It's the hip hop. It's the music. I agree. Music is a powerful thing, man. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I I I can only. I can only clap and co-sign that shit. <laughs> I just got a slow clap for you on that one. Yes. Yeah, man, it's so yes. it's so real. Change the content. Change you have to. Just change it. Change it. I mean, or at least just be diverse with it. Right. If you're going to talk about, you know, violence and the realities that you see in your neighborhood, cool. Mm -hmm. But also, you can't tell me every day is like that. Right. You talking about this stuff because you know it sells, mm -hmm. you know, but you got to understand, like, life is not about that. And the youth are influenced by that, man. We got to We got to And this was what leads me to my number nine to number nine, which is accept responsibility. Yeah. You know, we got to accept responsibility. And this ties into the last two, actually, with the labels mm -hmm. and with, uh, you know, content, content. Yeah. We have to accept responsibility as hip hop artists for everything we do and say and think <laughs> i ain't no role model right right we can't take the, the david banner approach to not being a role model 
is what got us here. Mm-hmm. At some point, we have to approach this culture as owners and, and as those who, who, who don't run when it's time to like step up and be, you know, be a man. We step up and say, you know what? Anything that happens from this point forward, I accept responsibility for. Not because I did it or didn't do it, but because that's the only way things are going to get done. Right. The only way things change is when you take responsibility for it. And I think we as artists got to say, look, how can I glorify black on black murder all on my records, black men killing black men mm-hmm. to the point to where, you know, no one gets surprised about it. How can I glorify that and then distance myself from the actual violence that's happening out here? Right. Because what we're creating is 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 now becoming the soundtrack to the to these yeah, actions. Exactly. You know? So it's like we have to take responsibility to that. We have to take responsibility for our communities. You know, if we see things that are not right, we should seek to to fix them. Right. You know, like I had a talk with one of my neighbors. And I think I told you, you know, down the street. And I'm like, yo, there was this house that was abandoned next to his. And uh, it had been unoccupied for years. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, I wonder when they're going to do something about this house. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why don't you do something about yeah. like this? <laughs> Buy <I> said, that mother. <laughs> right. I said, well, I said, why don't we do something? Why are we worried about somebody else? coming out here doing it mm-hmm. if you got some money and i got some money why don't we try to buy it right. and he just was stuck he didn't mm-hmm. know what to say mm-hmm. it was like he n- it never dawned on him that that the improvement and maintenance of our community could extend beyond our house right you know that we could take ownership in a way that positively influenced our house our, our community mm-hmm. same thing you know to me like i drive around the neighborhood and it's like yo if i see something that just look crazy you know like, I think I told you about this mattress that was out there for <laughs> yeah, like a week. Yeah. You know, they didn't call the city. I called the city. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the city missed picking it up the first time, but I called the city mm-hmm. because I'm tired of it. I'm going to t- accept responsibility. We got to take that in everything. Mm-hmm. Our families, we have to own that. Oh, yeah. We got to own that if if the man is not there and, and if the woman is working or she's not doing what she needs to be doing, then those ch- children are growing up in a, in a compromised environment. Right. And these are the same kids that are going out doing this shit. If our kids are not educated, if our if our families are fractured, if our communities are are, are in trouble, we are responsible. Right. No politician is gonna do shit for us right. that we ain't gonna do for ourselves. Right. And we just have to do it. Yes. We have to do it. That's it. There's no there's no ghost. The white man ain't responsible. Yeah, the boogeyman. The, the boogeyman. You know what I'm saying? There's and this is it. And this isn't just white and black. This is class. Well, just, you know, that's what motherfuckers say though. Yeah. It's like this you is, had it's a, discussion. It's a class. Oh well, you know, the white man made it like that. Like, oh, and so what? Yeah. Can we fit? Can you pick up this trash though? <laughs> right. Can you cut your lawn? <laughs> Thank you. I don't want to hear about white supremacy. Can you cut your fucking grass? <laughs> Can you keep your crackhead cousin in the house? I don't want to hear about no racism. Stop right. smoking crack. <laughs> Put the pipe down, bro. Because I ain't seen no white man give you that pipe. <laughs> it's real, though. It's so real. It is. It's like you got to accept so responsibility, man. Yeah, accept responsibility. Yeah, change man. what you can change. Once we, Because once we do that, I mean, then all the extras, all the, all the other shit... That that'll that'll seem like child's play. It is. It is. 
You know, that's the building block of everything. Right. Because if we have the foundation of us taking care of ourselves and yes. changing the shit that we can change. Yeah. Then we will come together as a united front. And when when we have to do something politically. Yes. As a as a community. Yeah. Then it'd be no it wouldn't be it would be no big deal. It'd be no problem for us to come together and say, OK, you're not doing your job as a politician. Then we've taken our vote over here. Yeah. As a community. You know, facts. Facts. I agree, man. Oh man, it's, sometimes it pisses me <laughs> off. Sometimes it's, it's, it's upsetting, but yeah. Okay, this is the last one, man. This is the last one. All right, this is been a thorough podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most infamous. Okay, this is the last one. It kind of goes with what the other ones uh, that you were saying uh, earlier, but it's a little different. And this one, number ten, is don't normalize violence. Oh yeah. Like we get to. We're starting to get to the point with the violence in Chicago where people are just like, that's just Chicago. Yeah, that's what happened. That's just what happens. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to act. Yeah. So what? Nobody going to do nothing about it. Why y'all care? Right. <laughs> you know, why y'all tripping? You know, white people kill each other too. <laughs> right. right? This is the shit that people say. It's right. like, this should never become a comfortable discussion nah, it should always be a problem yeah but we've made it we've normalized it the problem is that we've normalized it in so many ways through media you know through how we see ourselves like rap music if you were not allowed to talk about shooting or saying something negative about another black person on a black album there would be no more rap <laughs> yeah it would only be underground it would only be underground rap <laughs> the only time you hear a black man not talk about killing another black man Underground only underground rappers, man. It shit will cease to exist. <laughs> that rule will put labels out of business. Yes, it would. What do you mean? We can't talk about killing each other? Fuck. What am I going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, what else is there? Why are you tying my hands behind my back? Okay. <laughs> what else is there uh, other than killing a nigga? You know? <laughs> I've gotten rich off of killing nigga songs. Now you want to take that away from me? I'll sue. You know? Motherfuckers will fight you over the right to oh, yeah. write songs that are genocidal to their own people. Yeah, they will. They will. <laughs> They'll fight you over that. You know, because they've normalized it. There's nothing to it. It's you know, like even how we talk online and how we how we speak to each other. We talk about if we want if we want the world to adopt this whole you know Black Lives Matter and all that shit. That puts the thing on you. Who does it matter to first? Right. You should never have to say the shit. Yeah. It should be in everything you do. It should be in how you conduct your business, how we greet each other, mm-hmm. how we speak to one another. The media we put into our minds mm-hmm. should not be anything that that shows a negative or an aggressive or a violent, you know, uh, 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 approach to one another. Yeah. Like you want it to matter to them. It can't matter to them if it don't matter to you. Right. You know, you lying when you say that shit. Right. Stop lying. You gonna <laughs> get off this fucking, you know what I'm saying? Get Stop lying. I'll see your Twitter feed. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're posting all these trap rapper shit, and then you want to talk about Black Lives Matter. Listening to fucking filth and florn and shit. <laughs> In the words of Bill Cosby, filth, right. florn, filth. Yeah, you know? It goes back to the golden rule. Treat people how you want to be treated. If we want to be treated, if we want to be treated with respect, we yeah. got to treat ourselves. With, you show people yeah. how to treat you. Thank you. You know, so if we want to be treated with respect, yeah. we want to be treated with honor. Yeah. You know, we want to be, we want to matter. That's respectability politics right <laughs> oh, there, though. Bad. You better watch out. You tread, you tread <laughs> into that respectability <laughs> politics, brother. You don't want to go in there. My bad. Yeah, you don't want to do that. 
we should be able to act as ignorant as possible and oh. not be judged for it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna do what my mama told me. Right, right. Which is respectability <laughs> politics. Right. Boy, you pull your pants up. Right. <laughs> That's. I never heard that until today. Really? Yeah. And that shit is everywhere, bro. Nah, it's man, everywhere. I never, never. never. Thank, thank. You should be happy you never heard it. Never now you're gonna see that. it everywhere. You're gonna see people. Well, what you're gonna see is you're gonna see people doing it. Yeah. Like someone will say something like what you just said. Like, yo, if we want to be respected, then. Why are we tripping about being respected if we don't respect ourselves? Like we need to have this. And people say, "Oh, why are you trying to say, man? They've been. They even if we do that, they still gonna disrespect us." Then we'll deal with that then. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start out with us. Oh man, all right. Well, yeah, that was it. That was ten. Yeah. So that was man. That was the epic episode right there. Yeah, this is real life right you here. You know what can hip hop do about the violence in Chicago? I'm gonna read them back. Yeah. From ten to one. Number ten was don't normalize it. Number nine. Accept responsibility. Ooh, for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Accept responsibility, my G. You know, don't make responsibility a four-letter word. Right. Got mad letters. Number eight, change the content. Oh, man. Number seven, labels. Stop rewarding it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Number six. Hold on. What the fuck was number six? Did you write that? Um, Hold on. Was that um, Don't Do Alone? Yeah, Don't Do It Alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wrote it all wrong. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't read what I wrote. It made absolutely no sense. Number six, Don't Do It Alone. Number five, stop avoiding the conversation about black on black crime. Just stop. Just have the conversation. You know? Um, Number four, petition the government and government officials. Be active politically, you know, locally. Number three, make reading cool again. (laughs) That shit can be done overnight, man. I think it can too. Number two, keep the discussion ongoing. And number one, invest in a community. Yeah, super bars. Yeah, man, bars in this episode, man. This was different for us, but uh, I think people will learn a lot. I hope hope that you guys are uh, informed. Mm-hmm. And entertained, word as usual, right? You know, so yeah, that's it. You know, what can hip hop do about the violence in Chicago? Yeah, word. See y'all next week. Peace, Bruce. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. that nobody know about. I mean, super duty, tough work.